0: What's up, everyone? Hey, it's Nick with the Arsenal Bros. I'm joined today by Ben and Kevin. We are back, finally, after a World Cup hiatus. We're here to talk about the West Ham victory, the importance of Eddie and Kedia, Mikalo Mudrik, Zhao Felix, and Preview Brighton. Lots of stuff to chat about. Take a listen. What's up, everyone? The Arsenal Bros are back. The Premier League is back. It's been too long. But we are back. I'm here with Benji and Kev. Kev, how are you?
1: Hey, doing great. It's been like, what, 45 days and we're still top of the table. It is a great day to be alive.
0: You know, to go that long, still top of the table without even playing a game is uh, is something for sure. Ben?
2: Yeah, it's quite the lead we've built. Nobody's been able to touch us the whole World Cup.
0: <laughs> we've We've been unplayable. No doubt. All right, well, we're going to jump into it. This is episode 38, and we're going to chat a little bit about our triumph at West Ham, the state of the Arsenal, as we go into the bulk of the season, I guess the run-in. I was going to say second half, but it's not even halfway done. So we are blessed with more footy to come. But, hey, we are celebrating Boxing Day. Do you guys celebrate Boxing Day?
2: Oh, yes, absolutely.
0: Kev, you have to.
1: It's easily one of the best days of the year now. Games on. What is it? Our third straight Boxing Day win. Maybe more than that.
0: Starting just, to enjoy. It's just a it. fun day. It's a fun day. I would love to be in London during Boxing Day. I think. Did uh, you
2: guys? Did you guys see the tweet by Detroit Gunner? Our 2019 Boxing Day lineup.
0: Yes. Can Can you go over it though?
2: Yes. It was. In goal, Bern Leno, a back line of Maitland-Niles, Socrates, Louise, and Bukaya Saka, midfield of Torreira, Xhaka, and Ozil, and then front three of Rhys-Nelson, Aubameyang, and Lacazette. It's a bit different.
0: Yeah, those are some dark days. It was a transitional time. Well, I think it, the thing is, at that time, we thought uh, we thought it was pretty good.
2: Yeah, we thought Lucas Torero was going to pop off. Just uh, because Saka was coming into his own left back. Yeah, we, you know, could run. It was a while.
0: We didn't even know better, did we? uh uh-uh. Crazy. Well, well, we'll go up with the Boxing Day 2022 lineup. Pretty much full strength, Ramsdale, Ben White, back to his beloved Arsenal, right back, Saliba, kind of the surprise selection, nobody had heard too much, but he's back in, Gabriel, and Kieran Tierney in over the uh, becoming fit, Zinchenko, um, midfield, typical midfield of Odegaard, Partey, Jaka, in a front three of Saka, Martinelli, and the Eddie and Kedia deputizing, for the Gabriel Jesus injury, hey, we haven't been able to talk about our last pod. We knew he was hurt, but we didn't know the extent. What is your guys' uh, knee-jerk – well, I would say knee-jerk, but we've had a couple weeks to chew on this a bit. What is our reaction? How are we feeling about the Jesus injury? Ben?
2: Yeah, I, I go back and forth. I mean, he's just so pivotal, pivotal to what we've been doing. I think he's – in our last power rankings, we had him – number two and so losing him is not ideal and yet because we've played so well as a team it's not like the days when we were dependent on ozil to to pop off obama yang to carry us alexis to to just win us a game like we have a more well-rounded squad um but i do think he is kind of uh the sprinkles you add to a cake, he just makes it pop a little bit more. So we're definitely going to miss him. I I just don't know if it will be as detrimental as when we lost Partey to the uh, end of last season.
0: Mm. Okay. Kev, what are your thoughts?
2: Initial reaction was, Oh
1: bleep. And I think it was, I will call out any Arsenal fan for saying that they weren't worried when they saw that news but just had had a lot more time to think about it now, and I'm still worried about it, but we'll get into it more, but a little bit less so worried than we were 48 hours ago. I'll put it that way.
0: Wins seem to make everything better, doesn't it?
2: It really does.
0: And we didn't exactly know what things were like before then, but getting a win and especially a goal for Eddie – Gives us some hope that we might get there in every win without Jesus as a win closer to having him back. So, anyways, I wanted to chat about that since we didn't get a chance to do that. Jump into the game. I mean, a buzzing atmosphere. We were absolutely dominating. Had a goal ruled off, I guess correctly, for offside. I didn't see that soccer touch um, on the way through, but would have been a great start. But the Emirates was... Was a light. I mean, we had all day to build up towards this game. We're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, the main event comes. But uh, came out strong. For sure, looking great. And then against the run of play, Gabriel kind of out of position. Came up for a header and a ball slid in behind him. Behind uh, KT and Saliba. Saliba, a little bit of a lazy challenge tripped up Jared Bowen penalty call, went to VAR and VAR confirmed it. Guys, what are your thoughts on this penalty? I have a, I have some opinions. Kev, we'll start with you.
1: Well, I'll reflect that back to you. Did VAR confirm it or simply not overturn it?
2: Not overturn.
1: Okay. I,
2: well, I guess it doesn't really say, it just says,
1: yeah, the, the penalty stood either way. You know, I thought it was one of those that whatever the call was made was not going to be changed. There was a tiny bit of contact. Yes, it was a reckless challenge. Yes, but didn't feel like it warranted the flop. He was fine for a step and then obviously went down. And But once you saw a little bit of contact, you knew it was going to stick and that was very annoying but actually I felt like Ramsdale was going to make a save and so I wasn't as wasn't as angry at the time but obviously that didn't happen
0: yeah Ben your thoughts
2: yeah similar to Kev I thought it's soft but I think it was I'm I'm not furious over it um yeah, it have soft PK but not a bad call so it kind of sucked you could see Saliba trying to pull out of the challenge. And Bowen, it looked like he tried to stay up. I mean, there was such little contact, I think.
0: <laughs> tried. Yeah. Okay. So I went through roller coaster with this at first, initially just furious. Thought it was very soft. Thought he was intentionally trying to pull out. I mean, I was worried with the challenge. Um then they looked at it and gave it. I'm like, well, Actually, maybe it's a good call because I I guess we credit the player for trying to stay on his feet. But then I watched the game back today, and that contact was so minimal, and Bowen takes another two steps and then goes down. And that's just like he knew there was contact and then went down under that. And I was like, oh, watching it again today, I went back to realizing how soft it was. But, you know, I guess on merit – I would rather have him try to play through rather than dive right away. And maybe his balance was genuinely off. I don't know, but was it's easier for me to say it since we won. But I thought it was, yeah. thought it was pretty soft. But Ben Rama buries it. Kev, you thought you felt safe coming on. I feel like Ramsdale's not never even close.
1: I mean, it was just a feeling at the time. I wouldn't say it was based on anything outside of your gut. Has he really not made a save
0: on a penalty? Geez, I can't think of any.
1: I'll, I'll look this up, but for some, for some reason, I felt exactly. like he had.
0: Bruno Fernandez missed it, but he completely missed the target. I feel like watching the penalty back; like he just goes one way. But I feel like Amy Martinez and Chesney, though, like fake one way, fake the other, and then go. And I feel like that makes a must make some sort of difference. But I feel like his timing is just not very good on it. Um, while it we wait, more of
2: a confident dive this time than in the past.
0: Well, yeah, to be fair, I guess it was a good penalty from Ben Rama. I mean, it was I mean, down the middle, it's going to be hard to save usually unless you really duff it. So, did he
1: it, save the Bamford penalty or did Bamford miss it? He missed it. Okay. Well, either way, we did not stop the penalty and we're down one zero. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, what were your thoughts? I guess we can thoughts after going down a goal i mean west ham was instantly wasting time i i thought they're gonna want that time back and it always comes back it was something i was like ah it's probably if i was a west ham fan i'd think that's probably too early to get a goal but credit to them i mean frustrated us for the rest of the half and it's halftime and it's one nil and then you hear the haunting nbc sports report they said arsenal have won one out of the last 25 games when losing at halftime. And then West Ham was pretty much the opposite. They have only lost one of the last their last 25 games when leading at halftime. So th- those were not good stats. Kev, how were you feeling being down at halftime? I mean, we, we didn't play bad. We actually played really well. And that was about their only sniff. I mean, everything was on uh, our side, and that was the chance we gave them. But I, I just didn't know if it was going to be one of those days. What were your thoughts?
1: Didn't feel like we played terrible in the first half could have easily had a couple of goals. The offsides on Saka was really unlucky. didn't change the play at all. And the the only concern was just whether or not we could change it off the bench to if we needed to late in the half. But it was actually a pretty relaxing halftime. I wasn't overly stressed or anything else and was excited to see how we would respond in that situation. I feel like we hear that every single week is – this is a huge test for their character, blah, blah, blah. And it's, we've seen our response be clinical so many times and was excited to see what it was going to be Be for the second half of that game.
2: Yeah, yeah I, th- I think you're right, Kev. It was like, we played so well. It felt like it was only a matter of time. Like they had eight guys in the box in the first half, like repeatedly, just... I mean eight guys in the eighteen, it just doesn't even fit, but that's what how they were defending. And so it felt like we would get something from this game, a, a draw at the at the very least. but we it wasn't like we were cross FC. it wasn't like we were just uh, spamming balls in we, we we were trying to play, and so I was I was pretty relaxed at halftime as well.
0: I was not I was pretty worried. We were not going to get, we were not going to find a way to get one. And, uh, man, you
2: seem like wasted all that energy worrying about nothing.
0: Well, I know, I know we played well, but I was just like, is this one of those games where we just don't find a way to get it in? I mean, West Ham's been playing bad, but they're not, they have talent for sure. And I was just like, I just didn't know, you know, especially with the break, the long, World Cup break, looking at our bench, I was like, oh man, Just didn't know who was going to have to be that guy, but it, it, didn't, it did not take long. And, um, and, you know, we want to talk about a performance. I'm sure we will soon, but the second half performance from Martin Odegaard was tremendous. I mean, notably, somebody grabbing the game, trying to grab the game by the scruff of the neck, and it took his effort from distance that was, <laughs> was scuffed. Force to fortuitously fall to Sokka and for him to go 1v1 and and bury to go 1 1. I mean, shots create things, they create momentum, and I guess you know they create goals. I mean, even unintentionally, it, it wasn't as ingenious as a Ozo reverse pass, but man, what a touch from Saka, And uh, just waited for Fabianski to go down and he buries it, and all the hands went up for offside. And uh, it wasn't even close. I mean, Kufal kept him way on, and it's 1-1. And at that point, it's like, oh.
2: Here we go. We, yep,
0: yeah, we're we're going to be good now. There was a little tension rising, but at that point, it was like, oh, yeah. We're going to be golden. Not a bad goal, eh? Oof.
2: Oh, I mean, just so composed in front of goal. Like, that is – I think it was a, a year and a half ago. A lot of the talk was around like, oh, soccer needs to add this to his game, Soccer needs to add this to his game, like finishing, the finishing, like he's oh, he can't finish. His goal in the goal rolled out in the fourth minute, and then this one was just sublime. I mean the kid is just coming alive. His finishing was just so like a seasoned vet out there.
0: Yeah, the composure was elite for sure. So go one, one, and it did not take much longer. And another great cycle of play. The first goal was off a Thomas party win. The second goal was Saka bodying Declan Rice. And uh, twice, two times.
2: Cooked that rice.
0: He cooked that rice. (laughs) No doubt. A little passage of play, finding Martinelli, probably the most space that he's had 1v1. And, uh, man, his his little touch with his left and then onto his right and then to finish with the left was quite something for sure. I did not see him getting a shot off there, let alone a goal. Kev, is Fabianski suspect for that, or was that just a really nice goal?
1: Man, at first, remember I was texting you at the time, I felt like it was bad goalkeeping. And the more I watched it, the more my thoughts shift on it and was it great goalkeeping? No, but what Martinelli did so well when you watch it is the shot just came out of nowhere. You didn't think he was going to hit it or he thought it was going to be a cross. And all of a sudden it was just that quick snapshot near post. Couldn't have hit it harder. Couldn't have placed it better. And it was a brilliant idea to finish that way. And just another way of us scoring a goal that, that is going to be so big without Jesus playing for us right now. But I think more importantly than bad goalkeeping, it was a fantastic finish and idea by Martinelli. And I thought it was just an, such a good feeling in that second goal. And I know I was going crazy. felt like it was game over at that point. And it's like, we are back baby. Yeah,
0: definitely. And I... It's
2: another, uh, near near post goal by one of our wingers um we've had a few of them this season I think Reese had one
0: Saka against Leeds
2: yeah did did Jesus or did Marquinhos have one as well but that low it seems like a low percentage angle coming at the near post driving at the near post we've gotten a lot of space for our wingers in there and just something to watch for, like how we, how we, the passage of play with that, that quick cut behind the outside backs, back playing them mm. in to get one v one versus the winger is is something that's really been successful for us this year.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that's intentional. It was funny because I had just texted Kevin saying Martinelli was looking a little rusty, and uh, really thought he <laughs> wasn't having his best game. Looked a little just having a hard time getting into it, and all of a sudden there's the go-ahead goal, and I guess that's what that's what he has in him. He's such an interesting player, and uh, that was needed for sure. So we go up 2-1, and then we pan to Arsene Wenger in the stands, his cool. first game back. What were your guys' thoughts seeing him?
2: That was awesome. He hasn't been in the stadium since, what, twenty. 20- Seventeen, twenty-eight, twenty-eighteen 2018, 2018.
0: is his last game.
2: Yeah. So five years. Uh, it was just good to see him there smiling. I don't know. It just felt like a, a very good fitting seeing your grandpa Christmas type of feeling.
0: <laughs> well said. It was really good to to get him back and it sounds like they've been pushing really hard to have him back.
2: Ken, what did you think?
1: To be honest, I somewhat missed it at the time (laughs) and was just so excited about the game that it was almost like this backseat thing that happened. And I was excited that we won because had Arsenal not won that match and Fenger was there, people would have made such a big deal about it and, and to see him there and celebrate, especially on, on boxing day was, it felt like such a huge celebration and just kept the vibe going that we've been building this entire season. And so I thought that was, thought that was awesome. And I, I hope it's something we can see more and more as this season goes on is him being there, him and being a part of the success that's happening right now. And as the, The club, the players, and the fans keep coming together.
0: Okay,
2: that's a good shot, Kev. I think that's it's just yeah, it feels like that bow that that is like oh, that was the missing piece. Like finally, after fans were kind of dicks to him, um, to have some uh, reconciliation. So I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it was definitely definitely time he came back, but can tell there were some some hard days in there for sure. And then we go on to man, what as Kev des- described as Eddie and Keddie's best goal ever for the Arsenal. Great build up, Ben White, little little flick into Odegaard, one touch. Eddie and Keddie just like Shaquille O'Neal, just body rolling feeling the contact rolling off, doesn't even look up this entire time, buries the finish side netting, cherry on top, 3-1, game over. Man, what are our thoughts on uh, Eddie and Kedia? A great goal, right?
2: Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, I was a little critical of him the first half, I will admit. He played well but then in the final third I just was was a little bit worried in the second half it just felt like he had a different energy and then that goal the way he spun his guy and just used his momentum it just felt like oh he's way more than a poacher like he's come a long way we need to stop thinking of him as this academy product who just uh, dinks in tap-ins like he he's really coming uh full circle with all that he can do checking deep holding guys up i mean the dude is is way stronger than you'd think he'd be he's right? definitely
0: gotten gotten stronger for sure yeah and uh yeah kev i kev i know you have your thoughts i know you're pushing really for him last year but i know you also have your thoughts about kind of him being the guy
1: yeah i Nick and I, we we messaged back so many times, and I didn't even want to do it in our big chat just because I didn't want. To, it was like this is a private conversation we're having right now, and kind of feel bent Ben in on it too. But just have this feeling with him that he's never been the dude. I've never, you know, we talk about Jesus's goal scoring record, and you know he went ten games without scoring. But I I don't know about you. I always felt like Jesus was going to score at some point and it didn't happen. But with Eddie, it's almost like the opposite where I'm like, I I just don't trust that he will score. And I think I was a little bit critical of him in the first half, Felt like a few decisions he made turned out not to be the right decision. But that, that goal he scored the way he posted him up the way he felt the defender behind him and knew which way to turn. The quickness of the turn, the finish—it was. Who who did that remind you of that finish? If you could pick out any name, what player did that finish from Eddie remind you of?
0: I would say Lukaku, but that's probably not who you were thinking. <laughs> no,
1: it, I. It was Lukaku and then Aguero mm. were the two. Absolutely, were he's obviously not the same physical profile as Lukaku, or even Aguero, but he just absolutely sealed him, turned. And it was just, it went from a half chance to a goal in a split second. And that is what we haven't seen from him on the field in a Premier League match. Yeah. At least for for the most part.
2: Well, it's funny you say that. My brother-in-law, who's a Spurs fan, he loves Eddie. He watches the All or Nothing. He watches a lot of games with my sister, who's an Arsenal fan. And uh, he actually put money on Eddie to score um, and was real excited about getting to watch him play. And so I wonder if that's for outside the fan base for people to actually rate him a little higher than we have.
0: Yeah, it was interesting on the cast talking about why we feel like people have maybe been harder on Eddie because he's an Academy guy, but he didn't maybe pop off as quick as... Smith Rowe and Sokka have so maybe we're a little annoyed and frustrated we're getting impatient with him he got his big deal and you know there may be the thoughts he's never he'll never be Jesus but does he have you know Kev I guess to to argue your point does he ever have to be the guy is you know can he be the backup to the guy and be that next guy and I guess that's what we're going to find out right now. Um, he's not in a position to be the guy because when, you know, we know when Jesus is back, he's going to be the guy, but yeah, I, I really wanted him to have a good game and I thought he was having a good game. I thought he was holding the ball up really well. Um, Kev, I do agree. You had questions, his decision-making. Um, I think you, Ben, you said he was forcing it and you you could tell he just wanted a goal yeah. and um, just I mean, we were, we were nil, nil, and then we were down. So it's easy to see, maybe see things getting forced, but, um, really thought, man, he took his goal so well and, uh, thought that was tremendous. And hopefully this gives him confidence and gives us confidence in him.
2: Two questions on Eddie. Uh, this is, this is a question sent in by one of our listeners, Will, uh, over these next 2 to 3 months does Eddie's goal tally eclipse that of Jesus who has 5 or 6
0: um i think it's 5 league goals mhm um i could see it around that same amount cuz i think Jesus is projected to be back by the end of february um yeah i mean I could see him getting it. We have a really tough run coming up. Brighton away, Tottenham, and United. I mean, we're going to learn a lot about Eddie very quickly because mm-hmm. he's going to he's going to have to play in games. I mean, Manchester City is going to be in there too. So, yeah, I think um, we're going to learn a lot. Yeah, really quick to see, I guess, to answer your question, Kev, can he be the guy? I mean, when he got a run last year, he was great for us. So, um I could see him beating it, uh, and I, I hope he does because I think if if Enketti is scoring, we're winning. So, um, which is not necessarily has to be the case with Jesus, because he wasn't scoring and we were still winning. And I know we wanted him to score, and there started to be some questions about oh, he's gone ten games out of goal now. But uh, yeah, I I could see him. I I hope he does. I, I think he's going to get the chances yeah. for sure. I think so.
2: it'll be close. But that leads me to the second question. We keep saying, like, oh, Jesus will walk back into this team whenever he's healthy. What if Eddie just takes a giant leap? Is that, is that even in the question? Like, Is that is that realistic that he takes this Tammy Abraham-esque where all of a, all of a sudden he just kind of puts it together?
0: I don't think that's out of the question, but I think if anything, that lets us take our time with getting Jesus back. But I don't think, I think when Jesus is a hundred percent, he'll be back in for sure.
2: Yeah. Kev, what do you think?
1: That, that'll be a fun decision to make down the road. And one of my biggest worries with Jesus going out is those Europa league games, FA cup games that, I think Eddie was going to likely start now. I don't I don't think we can afford to play him twice a week. And I don't know exactly what the Europa League fixtures look like. But I know we have I think Oxford United in the FA Cup. Hopefully we can win that game with I don't even know who who would be the the backup number nine for us right now. Hmm. <laughs> Is that is that like a Smith row false nine?
0: He's not even fit, so I don't know. Yeah, and I, I guess them it another, have to be
1: two weeks until or a week and a half until that game. But that is a game.
0: good question, though, because if it's not Inkeria, who is it going to be? Mm-hmm. Because can you risk Inkeria in a game like that when when we definitely need him for bigger games? Yeah, it's we'll, we'll cross that bridge later. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely, and it's a good point and. And with Eddie, I just think it's weird how, as a fan base, you have these guys that are so polarizing. And you know, we were watching the first half, and some people were being critical of him, and others were like, "I think he's playing phenomenal. He couldn't be doing any better." And it's like, you wonder how we get to the point where you just see everything through your lens. And like, we'll go back to Lacazette last year. I know you're probably like, "Not again, again." But like, do you remember we were at the point where it's like that game where we had two assists on like those wall passes and people were like, he's doing his job. That's good enough. And it's like, is it though? Or or are we just looking for, to find something because we want to believe. And it's tough as a fan because you support Arsenal and you might not think Eddie's the dude, but you're going to go crazy if he scores. and and that's, I think where so many people are at right now. And it's like, if he steps up and, One of my hot takes, I'll give this to you now. I think if Eddie wins us two or three matches with goals, I think we win the Prem. Whoa. What do you mean win matches? Because he scored and
0: we won. Correct. But I'm talking
1: not necessarily like yesterday. I think that sealed it.
0: Like the game-winning goal?
1: Yes. If Eddie's the difference in turning three draws into wins, which gives us an additional, we'll say like, four to six points, whether he wins two or three, I think that could ultimately be the difference between us hanging on to the title or with it just being out of our grasp. So I think all of a sudden he is this arguably our most important player this season now, because if he, if he isn't scoring, I think even though Jesus hadn't scored, I don't think we can hold on forever without our nine scoring. And He's going to have plenty of chances to do it, and it's just a matter of whether he he gets it done, and and I'm hoping that we just see more development out of him. Like you said, Ben, his confidence from scoring hopefully goes way up. He won't feel the need to force it. He can play like himself, and I think he's shown with his track record he'll score goals, and if it happens, man, we're going to be in such a good spot.
0: Yeah, I think you know we look at how – much last season prepared us for this season in many ways i mean you could have said that even up until this point point. and now looking at it it's like we got eddie a huge run of games which gave him confidence and showed us and everyone that he could do it he got his new contract and stayed here and, and now he's getting another chance to do that so interesting to see how last year prepared him uh, for this year so yeah somebody write that prediction down from Kev because that would uh, it's going to come down to fine margins and just us continuing to win games um yeah and like I said I mean if he scores goals I think we win games so um yeah you know it's interesting talking about him we saw last year the lack of goals from center forward from Aubameyang or Lacazette and how much Saka and Martinelli stepped up their game, so I thought it was very interesting, you know, to see a change at center forward. But to see them, as they've maybe been more supplier this year and haven't scored as many goals, that they both got goals yesterday. The whole front line got goals, so um, encouraging for sure. We got more questions or more more talking points. Let's go on, um, Martin Odegaard. So good yesterday. I mean, was that his best display in an Arsenal shirt, Kev?
1: I think it was absolutely his best display. And I'll have a question for you now, Nick. This is, I'm putting you on the spot. Let's have it. And the beauty of the pod is that we have all been willing to admit when we've been right or wrong or somewhat off about things. We go back to the Madison and Odegaard debate. I know you like <laughs> Madison. You still like Madison. I I think he would be a great addition, but I watched that and I was thinking about it this morning. I don't think Madison is capable of a performance like Odegaard put in. Am I wrong in that assessment?
0: Um, or... it's hard to tell because Lester has been so bad. Yeah, they're definitely beauty. I mean, you put Madison in a better team, maybe he looks like a different beast. And the fact that he's still producing with as bad and he didn't play their last game. Um but I uh, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I really wanted Madison, but Odegaard's my favorite player, so I was obviously have been happy with him here and um I mean, he he has to be Mikel has to love him so much cuz he's just a unicorn. I mean, He works so hard, has such, he's such a professional at such a young age. I mean, he's been a professional for almost nine years now, which is crazy because he's 24. So, I mean, a veteran with so much room to continue to grow. And um, man, yeah, looking back, I mean, that was one, I mean, especially for the price, you just like, you can't, you can't deny us going for that. and. I mean looking back the whole we got Odegaard on loan I was like hey I mean that's exciting we we need something we need somebody in that area especially that was you know when the Ozil stuff was kind of going down and then last year it's like hey we uh, we waited him out and somehow robbed Real Madrid 30 million for Odegaard I can't believe they let him walk that was a little bit of a saga but we waited him out and got him and yeah, then he got that armband that one time. I'm like, oh, there might be more to this. And now he's our club captain and is able to take the game by the scruff. And yeah, that was a, just a tremendous, tremendous performance. And he's such a he's not like a classic number ten. Yeah, he's just hard to describe the type of player he is. But um, a ball progressor, but just definitely kept the tempo high because i felt like a lot of times under wenger even if we're down or or tied you know we can just get in the horseshoe of death just cycling 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 i mean Emery, earlier teta just cycle 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 but i felt like odegaard was very intentional to make sure the pace stays high yeah. and um, the goals came it feels that. like
2: it feels like he started to to look for more cutting passes as uh, whenever we went down. And then he came out of halftime. And this is something that's happened a bunch. It feels like Mattel just sits down and talks with him right away. And it's like, you need to be more aggressive. Like, make us go, make us hum, make us tick. Because he had, what, like four or five shots in the second half. He, two assists. I mean, he was just really pulling the strings and not just passing it around, but looking for those through balls into the box, um, looking to be aggressive, looking to take guys on. Um, And it felt like he did speed things up a lot and everything went through him in the second half.
0: Yeah. I mean, everything you want from a captain, everything you want from a cornerstone midfielder like him. So... Yeah, was, uh, was tremendous for sure. A name I don't think we've mentioned outside of the lineup was Ben White. This guy has to be one of the most underrated players in the league, let alone the Arsenal fan base. How does he continue to put in these performances at right back? It was interesting over break, um, Arteta talked about how he always planned for Ben White to play there. It's interesting I saw a tweet saying, surely... Crumkeys wouldn't have been down to pay $50 million for a right back, so he played center back. And I think Arteta said he didn't have the the players to do that, and seeing Saliba in preseason, he was like, yep, okay, we can make this move now. And, uh, man, Ben White has been so consistent, just absolutely elite, and his flick on that third goal was was tremendous for sure. Kev, is there anything else to say about Ben White, or he, is he just going to be Mr. Consistent?
1: I think he gives us the edge that we need just the the craphousery that I think every good team needs. Mm-hmm. And I mean what else what else can you say about him? I know Nick he's one of your he's one of your favorite guys. Love him. And and we do this is a live podcast, clearly. And there has been a little bit of breaking news. I just saw it. Ben just sent it to me. Apparently, an Orny bomb has been dropped stating that Arsenal are in for Joao Felix now. What's your instant reaction to hearing that news?
0: <laughs> we just talked about Enkedia for for a while and we might be in a position to upgrade. I saw 18 million dollars or 18 million pounds for a loan fee, which is a uh, it's a pretty big, big a- loan fee, but Regardless, it's an intent, and I wonder if it's a loan, an obligation to buy, just a dry loan. Interested to see that for sure. Um, ben, I mean, I mean that's it, it's a sign of intent as we in the in the Mudrick stuff as well. We got us bidding for Mudrick, Orny just saying we're in for Jao Felix, so yep. that is a sign of intent.
2: For I, sure. I would be surprised if we got both. I wonder if this is a
0: smoke screen.
2: Ooh. Yeah. I wonder if this is saying, like, okay, Shaktar, like, you don't want to accept our first bid. That's fine. We'll go after Zhao Felix. We can get him on, on loan. Then we can go after Leao in the summer. We can wait you out. We can do whatever we want now. So either take our money or find another suitor.
0: Man. Big stuff. Big stuff. We will have to keep you guys posted. We won't keep you posted. I'm sure you'll see it before we talk about it. But
2: well, who would you rather have? Shaw Felix or Mudrick?
0: Well I mean the cost is Shaw Felix is gonna be over a hundred. Mudrick will be like seventy, but Man, I don't know. I feel like the only way United could beat us is if they could give him more wages. But I'd like to think he wants to play for a team that finally... Oh, Ornstein just said Arsenal are keen to sign Felix along with Mudrick. We don't have to choose, Ben. We'll oh get them both. Merry Christmas. Home. Oh, he just said that live on NBC. Dang. He's, he's pitch side at the Etihad. David Ornstein on NBC Sports saying Arsenal are in for both Mudrick and Zhao Felix.
2: Oh wow, that would be crazy.
0: That's an intent, keys, I sent you that. I sent you that text with the uh, Scarface money meme, and that's uh, oh, I tweeted that. keys at the game. They knew. They knew after seeing that they had to go for it. I mean, the the thing is like are we going to be in a better position to go for it again? I mean, city could reload Liverpool could reload Chelsea's way down. They're obviously willing to spend
2: Liverpool are United.
0: Yeah. yeah, United's at the beginning of their rebuild. So it's like, and we have a seven point lead. I'm like, we have to go for it at this point. We can't, we can't take, we can't pull what we did. Was it last year when we didn't get a center forward and did get it? Like, hopefully we didn't do whatever. So then, so we could, do it now if we needed to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wild. Wow. Mudrick, very exciting. Very much seems to want the move. And uh, I think that's just a matter of time. Hopefully this next bid can get it done. And that will be Arteta's most exci- ex- expensive signing ever. And uh, man, if this João Felix stuff happens, we are going to have attacking depth so we can continue to compete on all fronts. And uh, that's exciting. I man, this this uh, this turnaround under Arteta has been wild, and uh, it makes me think if players. I mean, Mudrick was obviously watching the game. I wonder what players think if they're like, that's a team, that's a club, that's a environment that I want to be in. Yeah,
2: I mean, they have to see how much fun our players are having, the way we're playing, everybody talking about the manager. They have to see that this is happening right
0: yeah Hmm.
2: if we did bring in Felix and Mudrick would that mean loan moves for Marquinhos and Vieira
0: Marquinhos yes no I think Vieira needs to stay because we don't know the I mean if Odegaard goes down who's doing that
2: well Felix wouldn't play as a second striker as that
0: it's different though Okay. Because I don't think Odegaard, like I said earlier, he's not just a traditional, you know, 10 just hovering behind the striker. Yeah. Um, well,
2: we could play something with Smith Rowe and him.
0: Yeah, but Smith Rowe's not back. back. Huh? I said he's not back, and who knows yeah. if and when he's back. I just, I love him, but I'm not counting on him being back and uh, contributing heavily. Yeah, until I see a stretch that he looks fit. That's
2: fair. I just
0: worry get 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 worried, you know? Yeah. Kev, what do you think of this what do you think of this Jiao Felix stuff?
1: Man, I don't even know. Just bring him in. I (laughs) I would follow (laughs) Just do it. I would wear a blindfold and follow Arteta off a cliff right now. And I may change that in six months. Who knows? But we, we argue these guys so much. I'm not saying we shouldn't argue because it's fun to talk about it. But if Arteta thinks they're a fit, they're a fit. I won't I won't question that. I think he's hardly missed on a signing. I don't know if you could say he has missed on a signing yet. And if yeah, he I, thinks I, they fit the system, I'm absolutely for it. I love – can we get our pronun- pronunciation specialist? How do you say the Ukrainian's name, Ben? Do you know?
2: Isn't it Mikhail
0: Mudryk? Mikalo Mudrik. Mikalo, is it mud or mood? I don't. know. If you say know. it fast, I think it's mudrick. either. It,
1: it kind of <laughs> Mudrik. Yeah, I think it it can be, but that's how I've always said. It. I just wondered,
0: but you yeah, know, you hey, watch hey, Kev. I'm gonna give you credit. You, I think, nailed the Joao Felix name too. Did first he? time. Yeah.
1: I mean, to be fair, Felix is easy, and I have a Portuguese on my soccer team that I coach named Joao. So. You would really hope I could get that one right. The that's a low bar.
2: That's fair. <laughs> a
1: very low bar, but you know, you watch Mudrick play or not you you don't watch him play. You watch his comps that are out there and I think he fits the exact profile Arteta's looking for. He's got to be one of the fastest players in the world and
0: rapid. You watch his just, Instagram and all he does is quick twitch lifts and movement. He, his legs are massive.
1: And and imagine that once we are sitting in against a team, have a lead or just just need to break a team down in a different way and, it, and it's something that we have right now a little bit with Martinelli, we have the pace socket can do it Jesus, but man, that is just absolute top line speed. I think he's a goal scorer too. Always willing always willing to hit hit the ball. And just a, a really good thing.
2: And Felix is, I mean, he's a pretty, he's a sauce factory as well. I mean, he's just so tricky. So having the two of them in there would be, I mean, just wild. We would have the most electric front line in the Prem.
0: Indeed. Yeah, he, his numbers right now. At Atletico, Major, three goals, three assists in 12 games. Man, he is probably being starved of playing beautiful football in that system. I just don't know how players go there and uh, think they're going to be able to enjoy their style of play. I mean, it's terrorist footy under Simeone. I mean, he gets the job done, but...
2: Mm-hmm. Did um, he play with Partey?
0: I don't think so.
2: I think they
0: he's been at Atletico since 2019. And I don't know when we got, I think that's the summer we got party.
2: Yeah.
0: Or the next summer. I don't know. Maybe one season.
2: We got him in 2020.
0: So one season. Wow.
2: Yeah.
0: Mudrick permanent, Felix on loan. You know what would be crazy is. I mean, if he comes and balls out, like surely we're going to pay whatever to get him and he's going to want to stay. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to we're looking at a lot of money for that. But interesting, because Orange said the figures do. He said the numbers would have to come down. So we'll be interested to see if we cover wages and a large loan fee, which would even be worth it. I mean, up to a certain point.
2: Yeah. But. you think about it it would be like buying who have we bought for depth in january before that was like ooh, this just feels panicky like i would rather spend 18 million on a felix alone than on douglas louise
0: thing is does he come in and start over in Kettia, then yeah oof it's oh, harsh man. that is harsh new contract But to be fair, though, you need lots of numbers. You need goal scorers. Like we look at the bench yesterday in that game. I mean, we had, whenever we played, I don't remember when that was, but we had Vieira and that was about it. We had Kozier, Dewberry, but who else is going to get us a goal? Mm I I mean, I don't feel confident in, or Marquinhos, Marquinhos and Fabio Vieira. I'm like, listen, if chips are down, and this is the Premier League. And we're in a title hunt. I don't expect them to score a goal. So having uh, Felix or Enkedia off the bench makes me feel, or maybe both when Jesus is back, makes me feel a lot better. Wow. Yeah. All right, man, we could talk about that all day. But that is an orny bomb. You heard it here live, reported on the Arsenal Bros. podcast. Arsenal are in for Mikalo Mudrick permanent. And in for Zhao Felix on a loan. An intent to win the league, for sure. All right, well, we um, we got a couple questions we're going to go through quick. Twitter questions we're going to go through quick to then we have to preview Brighton. Um, all right, let me find these questions quick. Um, okay, we're going to have to go rapid fire. Jeremy Rufner, loyal... Listener, outside of the names already linked, what player position do you think is most important to bring in this January? I mean, I'd like to think it's going to be Mudrick and Felix are most important, right? We can't be looking at anything else.
2: No, I think we have enough depth everywhere else. I can't... I'm can worried about the left side at eight if Jaco were to get hurt. That's the only thing.
0: Well, I think uh, Odegaard would slide over there. Or hopefully Smith-Rowe's back. Yeah. Yeah. And man, I think Patino will be there next year, so I can't cool. see us doing anything. Um, okay, third world manga. My boy Z is at IX Foot, has a great manga. We'll get him on the pod soon. Was Gabriel Jesus actually needed on the pitch, or was he just really a symbol for the team's progression because you got him from City? Kev?
1: We we obviously you know, need Jesus, right? Absolutely. And I think for a little bit of background, that user Liverpool fan <laughs> respect them for that. But I mean, that's a pretty, I don't want to say disrespectful thing to say about the arsenal, but we, we are not in a point to spend stuff just to spend it for like, look at this shiny new toy. It's <laughs> never been something we've done. I think we've seen Jesus's running numbers, how those have translated to all the other numbers, how that affects where we were setting up defensively. And so Jesus is so much more than just simply a shiny new toy or even just his goal scoring record. So like the question, it's a good thought, but I don't, I would not say I agree.
0: Yeah. An interesting question, but yeah, he is needed. It's interesting seeing him and Smith Rowe so involved, like right there on the sideline, as much as they can be before at halftime after the match, and Jesus' rehab has been cranked up. You can tell he's starving to get back. All right, last question on here from Jeff Peterson at JJ Peterson LLC. First off, love the pod. Thank you, Jeff. Secondly, we've heard a lot about expectations this season already. Given our current league position, what are your honest expectations for the remainder of the campaign? Okay, we're going to go rapid fire. Ben, what's your honest expectations?
2: Be in a title fight, uh, even though I think it's City's to win. I think we have to remain in a title fight and make it to the Europa League final.
0: Kev?
1: God, I hate this question. Not hopes, but expectations. Expectations. I think the expectations are to challenge City deep into, hopefully, April and May. And whether we win or lose... Obviously, we want to win. I think challenging them is is where we want to be, and I think that making a run in one of the Cups, whether it's Europa or the FA Cup, I think would be, would be the other thing I'm looking for. But for me, prioritizing the league by far right now is top priority.
0: Definitely have to go for it. Yeah, my expectation, we push City as far as we can. And... Um... I'm not expecting to win the league, but I want to push them real deep. I mean, like getting to April, and it's still within reach for us. And these moves that we talked about could uh, could be interesting. And I'm expecting to win the Europa League. I don't care how strong the competition is. I'm expecting to be in the final, and if we're in the final, to win it. So... There it is. Okay, Brighton away on New Year's Eve. So we are – Brighton beat Southampton 3-1. We are, let's see, one, two, three days out from that 12-30 kickoff. Kev, how are you feeling about Brighton away? If we've ever had a bogey team, it's Brighton for sure. How are we feeling about that?
1: Yeah, it's been a game for a long time that I've seen on the schedule that you're just like, ugh, you're right. It feels <laughs> – Feels like we could drop points, but coming coming off the West Ham game, looking at it, I think there's maybe only one one or two teams in the league that we aren't better than, or that you don't feel like we can go away and win. I'd say City, maybe Liverpool if they're at their best. But no. other than that, like say what? Are you are you disagreeing with me
2: there? Liverpool or chaos. I have no clue anything could happen against them. And
1: I I think they've obviously dealt with their own fitness issues this season, but outside of those outside of city and maybe Liverpool, like who, who aren't we better than with 11 men on the field? I I think you love our chances against absolutely anyone city included. So you look at it on paper and it's like three points are there for the taking. We know it's going to be difficult, but we've passed test after test this season and, I'm confident that we have what it takes to go to Brighton and come away with all three.
0: Yeah, to be fair, we've been pretty good on the road, but the only points we've dropped in the league was at United and at Southampton, so a a tricky one for sure. Ben, how, how are you feeling?
2: Well, the last time, this is for Kev, the last time we beat Brighton was at home to end the 2020-21 campaign, and Nicola Pepe had two goals. Started and had two goals um, in the second half. Man, so, can
0: we, can we recall him just for this game?
2: That would be interesting.
0: <laughs> no. Um,
2: yeah, I definitely think it's a trap game. Uh quick turnaround. From,
0: and we just lost to him in the cup.
2: Yeah, quick turnaround what? from... Uh, The the Boxing Boxing Day day. Moises Moise Casito is suspended, so that's encouraging. Yeah,
1: is McAllister going to play for
0: him? He didn't play their last game.
2: Mm -hmm. He's not listed as an injured or suspended player, but Welbeck is doubtful. Adam Webster is out, so we we should beat this team. Um.
0: They're just well yeah. coached. It's gonna take. It, it's gonna yeah. take a performance.
2: Oh, for sure. They're they're not bad. I could see. They're
1: good,
0: yeah. even with a new manager. They're tough.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it'll take a performance similar to Wolves last season away, the Martinelli red card game, and not gonna be easy. But it's there. Have to take the chances.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talk about if we want a title, if we want to challenge for the title, these are the types of games we have to win.
2: Troussard's been really good for them.
0: Indeed. Um, so... All right, pr- predictions, Kev.
1: I'll say two one.
2: Good guys, obviously.
0: Love that. Benji? But
1: a bit of bit of a nervy ending. Oof.
2: Man, I I wanna say one one, but I'm I'll go I'll go two one as well.
0: Man. Do I need to go two one just to complete it? I, I'm gonna go one nil to the Arsenal. Who's I... the goal
1: scorer? Odegaard. Oh man! Wow. We need it. It's been a while since Jaka scored. You know he's gonna be back on the score sheet too.
0: He's probably getting jealous of all these other guys scoring, thinking I need to do that again. Yep. I think. uh I think we all know we need it and are gonna push really hard for it. I hope we can get it done. So, all right. Well, anything else for the good of the pod? Man, what an exciting pod with live news. It's fun. It's fun. It's about time we did this, boys. Jeez. Hey, it's good to be back.
1: Hopefully, we'll have another pod hey, soon. This Christmas think- holiday schedule is a little whack, but I'm enjoying the, the games on these random days.
2: I have a... Uh- a Christmas question or a holiday question for us? Okay. So, over the summer, we did. Uh, who would be? Who would you like to to have at our summer barbecue? Who who plays what role at an office Christmas party from the Arsenal team? Let's run through it. Who uh, who would be the player most likely to uh, have too much to drink at the office Christmas party?
1: That's a good question. <laughs> Some <laughs> of our guys can't even drink legally at the office Christmas party. I would go Kieran Tierney. <laughs> Scott.
2: That's a good shout. Yeah, I could see Gabrielle.
0: Okay. Who would be the planner? Who would plan the whole thing?
2: Oof. I feel like Odegaard would keep us organized, right?
1: Ab- absolutely. It's got to be Odegaard.
2: Who's uh chatting up the boss, trying to suck up to the boss?
0: Saka, but not in a suck up way, just because he's a nice guy. I think
1: El Nenny. Oh,
2: yeah. Who forgot to bring their white elephant gift?
1: Aaron Ramsdale, no doubt.
2: I was gonna say Ben White because he just probably wouldn't read it the email. Ah, just yeah. don't like emails, man.
1: That's probably why England sent him home. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, Who's okay. still working in their office? Okay.
0: Man, that's... i know Martinelli.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. Always grafting. I think Zinchenko's working
0: hard.
2: I was going to say Mikkel.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Watching film on the other Christmas parties. Yeah. I want to see passion. I want to see singing. <laughs> when you sing the carols, we need to keep the standard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was set in by uh, by Hannah. So shout out to her for the question.
0: Good questions, Benny. You need to get your, your people to... Uh, continue to supply us.
2: Absolutely. We'll do.
0: Okay. Great question. Do you have any more in your stocking?
2: Uh, yeah, I got one more.
0: Do you have time?
2: Uh, well, company just arrived. So I have one, I have one question then I got to run. Um, how many premier league players would you take for soccer in a one for one trade? Straight up, trade this player for that player, NBA style. This is sent in by Steve.
0: I just don't know if I can because of what he means to the club.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: He's like the crown jewel of everything that Arsenal is. Yeah. If I had to?
2: Is there a player?
1: For me, there's only, only one name even enters enters the room in discussion.
0: I have one as well.
2: I have one.
0: I know who yours has been. <laughs>
2: Holland!
0: Holland! Mine, Mine is also the Norwegian Holland. Kev? I have another city player. Silly Foden?
2: Yeah. No. No way.
0: He can't. Uh.
2: He's really good.
0: Yeah. I'm, Thing he's is, really... like I just don't know if Foden can take over games like Saka mm-hmm. can. I mean he hasn't had to, to be fair to him, but
2: yeah.
1: And all I said is he for me he enters the discussion. I think Holland enters that discussion as well, yeah. obviously.
2: I think with his age, with his salary, like I think Salah is a better player right now. But I wouldn't trade him. Because Saka's, I think his ceiling is. You know, I think he can reach those levels. I think he can be that good. I think he's way younger. He's ten years younger.
0: I think yeah. that is even a hot take to say Sal is better right now. I
2: I watched him on Boxing Day and he was he was just so good.
0: I think by the end, uh, by the beginning of next season, I think Saka will have secured his place as the best right winger in the league taking that from salah fair so he is on his way all right man let's uh wrap it up and i'll try to get this uh posted tonight get great that out, get that listening content out but if you made it this far we appreciate you thanks for listening thanks for getting together boys and uh up the arsenal
2: up the arsenal indeed It's great to be back, baby.
0: Top of the league. Top of the table. And we'll be even through another game. All right. For Ben and Kevin, I am Nick. Police Navidad. See you later. Hey, thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at the Arsenal Bros. Thanks for joining.